when it comes to women, basically women only, when it comes to women and sex and women doing what they want with their body, society loses their fucking brains. Welcome to today's episode. It's a conversation with adult content creator, Honey Brooks. Now, if you're like me, you might not know much at all about OnlyFans. In fact, I had an assumption that OnlyFans was probably an app. I guess I hadn't given it a great deal of thought. Like I knew that OnlyFans existed. I knew that it was predominantly a sex work platform. I knew that people could create their own adult content and They would have subscribers, and I knew people were earning insane amounts of money. I didn't know much more about it other than that. Actually, I did know that other people are using OnlyFans not just for porn-style adults or implied nude kind of content. I do know that there are creators on OnlyFans who use it for all sorts of things, really, just for monetizing their content and, I guess, offering more things to their subscribers. But I didn't know that OnlyFans was a website. There were lots of things I didn't know about in terms of how the monetization process actually works. I didn't realize that there were different options for requesting custom content or for talking with a creator, you know, actually engaging in sexting back and forth. It's all a bit new to me. And I've learned a lot more about OnlyFans since listening to the podcast that Honey Brooks has because she educates people who are interested in joining OnlyFans and just talks about it from that business perspective. In today's conversation, you are going to hear Honey talk about her own business journey and personal journey into the adult content creation world. It's not something she'd ever really considered before. She found herself in conversation with someone while she was traveling around Australia, I believe during COVID, and a little thought dropped in from a conversation, but I'll let Honey tell you all about that. She then went on to explore what the platform means, and once she began creating content, she actually has ended up earning over a million dollars. And she has plans to make much more money along the way. OnlyFans and adult content creation, the porn, the sex industry, however you like to slice it, can be a really divisive topic. People often have really strong reactions, strong thoughts, feelings, and assumptions as well. I find if I'm ever in a conversation socially and the topic of OnlyFans gets bored up, there's often a division. On one side, people are really pro OnlyFans and adult content creation because it does allow the creator and often a female creator to take control of monetizing the content she wants to create rather than in the porn industry where often it's not ethical and there aren't standards that the actors and the creators are really made to abide by, I guess. And there's not that privacy that they're in control of. It's a different distribution. It's a completely different model. 
So often I will hear people say, yes, isn't it incredible? It is such an empowering way for women to monetize the content they want to create. And then on the other hand, sometimes people feel really uncomfortable with this concept of a woman monetizing sexual content. And I think that, you know, this is not a conversation where I'm debating ethics or morals or even casting any judgments on the work that Honey Brooks does. All I know is it's not something I've lived. And if I ever get the chance to have a conversation with someone who has a completely different lived experience to me in some ways, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of shared lived experience in this conversation as well, because it's not just about, like, it's not just applicable to someone who wants to be in the adult content creation world. We talk about what it's like to just be a woman and to be judged. You know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't sometimes. And I know that when I was speaking to Honey, I just found her incredibly likable and warm and honest and just very comfortable in who she is. I honestly felt like I was chatting with a friend at times or throughout the whole conversation, really. And we chat a lot in this first episode about how, as I mentioned, how Honey found herself in the OnlyFans world. We also talk about how it has impacted her marriage and whether or not she's had this conversation with her kids. We talk about the fallout from this decision with her immediate family, like outside of her children and her husband. But we talk about how other people have treated her since uncovering that this is something she does. This is her work. We talk about a lot in this episode. And then we go into a whole other realm where I had a conversation with Honey that we are titling a sealed section. And you'll hear at the end of this conversation, Honey says to me, how sealed is this going to be? And it's a really fascinating conversation because Honey was like, no, nothing's off limits. I mean, before we hit record, I cleared everything in terms of, is there something that's off limits? And she's just so protective about her identity for safety reasons. And of course, for her children. So she doesn't share any information at all about her kids. But during our sealed section episode, I just was popping off with the questions that have, I guess, popped into my mind when it comes to this sort of work. Like, What do you do if someone wants you to do like a custom video and you've got your period? Or how does your husband feel about you sexting with another man? And do you ever feel guilt when it comes to taking money for this or guilt in terms of like loyalty or monogamy? And there are so many other things we chat about. The conversation opens up with Honey being very vulnerable in sharing something that kind of went a little bit awry during a live recording, but I'll let her tell you all about that in the sealed section episode. And because, you know, I know myself, if I'm really enjoying a podcast episode and then there is an option to listen to more of it. I want that episode available straight away. So this week we've made a decision to make our subscriber episode live today as well. So there is no delay. You can just keep the conversation going if you do want to jump behind that wall and hear all of the sealed section stuff. So I invite you to come to this conversation with an open mind and a willingness to listen And to just see, like see what pops up for you. 
If you do have, you know, judgments surrounding the sex industry and the monetization of, you know, I guess her body, (laughs) you know, see where that comes from and how does it feel and stress test that belief and go and I guess don't be afraid to gather more information because I just came to this conversation thinking, I just want to know what it's like. Like I'm always so fascinated by how other people live. You know, even recently I said to Brendan, I wonder how other families like moderate their TV consumption at night because, you know, and this is a tangent, but this is what I do. Um, When the boys had a friend over recently, one of the parents was saying that they don't turn TV on at a night. They don't turn their TV on of a night until 7.30 p.m., Whereas I'm kind of the opposite. It's like TV goes off really early if we even have it on a weeknight. And I just think it's really nice to hear how other people do things and not from a place of judgment, but literally from a place of curiosity. If you enjoy this conversation or whatever thoughts and feelings pop up for you, feel free to slide into my DMs. You can always find me on Instagram at Kylie Lately drop a comment or slide into my DMs if you're not comfortable leaving a comment. That is a-okay. And I hope you enjoy listening to Honey Brooks. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Honey, what led you into wanting to become an adult content creator? Oh my gosh, it was honestly just so random. I was traveling with my family around Australia and we were traveling in our caravan. We had like a really big moment in our life where we were just like, fuck this, like, let's get out, let's explore the world um, and let's go do what we want to do. And it was really bizarre it was like the universe was kind of planning a little something for us and it was actually on those travels that we heard about a, another couple who were traveling who was doing OnlyFans and at this time right like I'm a mom I'm a country mom I have no idea about the industry I have no idea what OnlyFans is and I was like oh that's cool like I love that yeah awesome and it wasn't until we sat down later at camp and everyone was kind of talking about it and I was like oh like what, what are you talking about and I realized what OnlyFans was and they were talking about how this woman was funding her travels off this OnlyFans page. And I was like, far out, like that is so cool. Like I really need to have a look at this this business opportunity. And I really did see it as a business opportunity to start off with. Uh, not once did it really come to me that it was going to be such a sex-driven industry because I, I really was so unfamiliar with it. So when I first really jumped into it and did my research, I was in like business mind. I was like, holy shit, this is a business here where it completely comes down to you. Previously, I was working in network marketing and I was in a really difficult stage in my network marketing business where 
I had a lot of businesses underneath me and if those businesses weren't performing, then it would really affect my paycheck. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the industry and I see now people just absolutely killing it, but I was so exhausted because I originally joined network marketing to have freedom and I really didn't. I didn't get that freedom because I was pouring my energy into other businesses and and other people that sometimes didn't necessarily want it as much as I did. So my paycheck wasn't reflecting how hard I was working. And when I heard about the OnlyFans platform, I just saw the opportunity of me working so damn hard on a business and it only came down to me. It didn't come down to anyone else. It came down to me and my paycheck would reflect that. So straight away, I'm like, let's see what they're doing. Like, what are they doing to get this kind of money and building the business? And me being me, I researched the industry for six months before I started before I decided to join um, because I wanted, I knew it was such a big leap. It was such a big career change um, going from not even knowing what OnlyFans is to deep diving into the the industry. I researched for six months and I just, I knew it was for me and my husband was so supportive. He was like, yeah, we're already really open. We're open with our sex life. We're just open with, we're open-minded, you know, with not judging people and, and not coming from a place of, you know, judging people for what they want to do. And we thought, yeah, let's jump in and, and give it a go. And that's that's basically how it all first came up. Had you had any experience in the modeling industry? Like, were you already fairly comfortable in front of a camera or was it all a bit foreign? I, in my early days, did a little bit of modeling. Um, but as soon as I got tattoos back then, it was, you're kind of out of the picture. So I got tattoos. I started to get bigger boobs. I started to, you know, put on a bit of weight as I grew up naturally. Right. And I think the modeling industry has changed quite a bit where all of that is embraced now and, and it's really celebrated. But back when I was modeling, it wasn't so much. So I just got less and less, I suppose, bookings as I matured and and developed. So I didn't really for a long time have any experience with being in front of the camera. I didn't have any experience, you know, posing or, or in that world, but I did have a lot of experience, I suppose, with being so open with my husband and, and sexually active with my husband. And I was so comfortable with him, or I am so comfortable with him that I knew that what we're going to be doing behind the scenes was going to be so different to what it was modeling. You know, there was no one there taking the photos. There was no one there telling me I needed to lose weight. There was no one there, you know, with all that judgment. It was literally just me, my husband in our element doing our thing. And when you say sexually open with your husband, does that mean you had an open relationship in terms of having sex with other people? Or do you mean more that you were always open to trying new things? Like, what does that mean? So back then we weren't open to uh, sleeping with other people. But what I mean by open is, yeah, that we were just open to trying things. You know, we weren't a closed book. We were open to exploring things and discussing and being, you know, communicating and not, I suppose, just having sex with the lights off underneath the the doona covers. We really wanted to know what turned each other on and um, how to fulfill each other's needs. As a layman, like as someone coming to the OnlyFans platform who has no idea about what it is and how it operates, how do you explain it to someone that's completely green to OnlyFans? Yeah, look, it's 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 difficult. I remember when I did all my research, 
I found a lot of negative information out there. And the only positive information out there that I did find was a lot about income and how much people like how much money people would make in the first week or their first day or their first month. So I feel like it was really glorified in one sense, like over glorified. And, and it was like, you know, you should join because I earned this much. And then on the other hand, there were people saying that they regret joining, don't join. So there was this huge gap in all the research I was doing where I was like, well, what are we missing here in between? You know, we've got these people that are celebrating that they're earning so much. And then these people that are regretting what they're doing. And I think the huge gap in the middle is just understanding that, Yes, you can join the business and you can make a lot of money, but that's not going to always be sustainable. Like as soon as you do something and you announce something like this, you're going to have an influx of people who are nosy, that want to know what you're doing, you know, all your friends and family and, you know, they're going to come on and they're going to have a look and you're going to have subscribers come in and you're going to have, you're new to the platform. So the subscribers are going to be like, this girl's new, she's Australian, let's jump on and see what she's about. So especially if you have a large following, a previous large following like some models do before they announce they have OnlyFans, they're going to get a huge in like influx of their first income. And then once it slows down, what I saw in the trend was that once the money slowed down, they just quit. They stressed out and they started backpedaling and they quit. And I think a big reason behind that is that people were joining for the wrong reasons. They were joining because they thought they could make easy money really quickly and they were just diving in without any knowledge about the industry, about considering what their boundaries are, about considering what's going to be out there forever and then they quit and then these videos go up of how they regret it. So when I was researching all of that, that's where I was. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And and the girls who are earning lots of money weren't in the industry anymore. So there's that extreme dichotomy of people saying, oh my gosh, it's the worst. And then people being like, oh my gosh, it's the best. But then you're also looking at it from a business perspective going, well, even the people that are saying it's the best don't seem to have that huge longevity in it as well. So it sounds like you had some real conflicting data points there to consider. And I know that you are such a businesswoman, so I can imagine you are considering those and running them through your own filter and working out what you can do to mitigate those things. If someone is listening and they are like, right, I still don't even understand how it works and how people make money. What are the bare basics? Because I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, OnlyFans is an app, but it's actually a website, isn't it? Correct. And so people can sign up and become a content creator on this website. And then how are the ways that people can monetize the content they're making? So with the platform, it is really, honestly, OnlyFans is just a platform that they give you to monetize however you like. And there are models out there that do it in so many different ways. There are models on there that have uh, fitness, exercise, cooking uh, recipes. They have just a fan space of people wanting to get closer to them, no behind the scenes. There are women who sell feet pictures and then there are women who do X-rated content. Even in the X-rated content area, it's so diverse. Like there are so many different women doing so many different things, ASMR, um, you know, you've got implied nude, you've got bikini, you've got really high-end models who are showing more implied nude or bikini. So I think there's a big stigma around OnlyFans. So if you're doing OnlyFans, you are doing full-on X-rated stuff, but it's really, really diverse. 
How do you personally make money on the platform? So I make money through my X-rated content. I film with my husband and I do solo videos on there. I do video calls, custom content, um, and we do, you know, what we do in the bedroom or mainly on the farm. We do a lot of farm content, which a lot of people love. Um, yeah, we just get down and dirty on our farm and, and that's what's on, on the side. Um, yeah, all the good stuff. <laughs> and so do people pay for specific videos? Because you just mentioned customs. So does that mean that someone subscribes and they get in touch with you and they're like, hey, honey, I would love it if you did X, Y, Z. And then you set a fee for that? Yeah, absolutely. So with the platform, there are so many different ways you can run your page. You can have a free page uh, that people can then message you on and order things and buy things behind locked um, locked content. There is a subscription-based one where they have to pay a certain amount of money to come in. Some women uh, or some creators, I should say, have like a really high subscription rate and everything is on their wall once they come in. So all their porn is there and they just pay a higher subscription rate. Some have a lower subscription rate and then you've got to unlock things when you get in there. So it's really amazing because you can really build it up the way you want to and and how you really want to run your business and it's trial and error and figuring out what works for you so I do supply custom content I film a lot of videos a lot of solo uh, a lot of group content as well and we have cool and you know individual people out there that all want different things right like everyone wants something different in the bedroom so they come they say hey do you have this and sometimes I don't so I offer that content if it's within my boundaries and they pay a certain amount of price for that and then that video is theirs. What is an average working week like for you? You mentioned that you're a mom. Like, how do you plan all of this content around the school drop off and the pickup and mom life and farm life as well? Yeah, look, it was really difficult for me at the start. Um, I mean, I am a mom first and foremost, and that has always been the way. Uh, my kids and my husband come before my work. Um, So, you know, when I'm doing breakfast and dinners and school drop-offs and school sports, you know, I'm 100% there with them and I'm really immersed in absolutely everything about them because that's why I do what I do because I want that freedom with them and I absolutely adore it. So outside of that, um, it can be really, really full on. And it was at the start because I was running a farm, two businesses, and I was a mum. And I was just like, it's got to be an easier way. And I had a really big pivotal point in my business where I actually rebranded my OnlyFans. I was... um, I was, I was more of a, a girly girl, like naughty wife. I was branded and I thought, I live on a farm. I'm doing farm work every single day. Like, why don't I just film doing my farm work and not having to change out of my clothes, go into my bedroom, put makeup on? Like, why don't I just be authentically me and, um, you know, do what I do daily? And as soon as I changed that, it was a massive pivotal point in my business that just really turned it on its head. Um, because not only did that really free up time for me, but I was being authentically myself. I was showing up as me every day. So I loved what I was doing. Um, it was just so natural to me. Um, I was enjoying it so much more. Um, so that really helped, you know, now I do farm chores and then I quickly pull out the camera and do something. So it's just become a lot more easier, I suppose, to incorporate it all in together. And would you say that you create content five days a week? Like, is it something that you're doing Monday through to Friday? 
In terms of OnlyFans content, absolutely not. Um, it's um, it's really hard, I suppose, uh, to stay stimulated for for that long and to um, you know to be enjoyable because with my content, I'm really particular on like I want to enjoy the content right like the content I'm putting out there I don't want to have to be forced to do it I want to enjoy it I want it to be authentic I want it to be real orgasms uh, because that's enjoyable for me and it's enjoyable for the people watching I also think if I need to you know fake it and really put a show on I'm just going to get over it quite quickly so it's really important for me to be like that so in terms of filming a content for OnlyFans it's really dependent on my mood you know and where I'm at in my cycle um, so the days that I know I'm just I'm good to go <laughs> I um, I you know I do a nice film session and yeah it's just it's really sporadic with the the OnlyFans content in terms of the marketing because marketing is a huge side of the business it's probably 80 to 90 percent of the business unfortunately OnlyFans platform doesn't actually push you or market you the only way for you to get subscribers is to build your brand on social media and do your own marketing so I'm doing that daily while the kids at school I'm doing TikToks Instagram reels Facebook all of that and doing that on platforms outside of OnlyFans comes with its own set of risks, right? Because you can get banned, can't you, if you kind of push that too hard or you've got to be a bit more clever, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've had about 130 uh, social media accounts so far in two years um, and I've got at the moment about – 20. So you get banned constantly. And even though you're not necessarily posting um, adult content on the platform, they don't want you taking their viewers away from their platform to potentially spend money elsewhere. So to them, it's just an easy way just to them, you know, cut us off at the knees and and go. So it is difficult. It is really hard because, um, you know, as you would know, your business is built on social media. You know, you've got that following and you've got that presence there. And one day you, you can wake up and that's gone. And that's just not a fun place to be at it's your business it's it's your whole income and you can be completely invisible one day so it is hard and you've got to have that mentality of well I've built it once I can build it again and I'm going to keep going did you have apprehension about putting your face to your name I know that you don't work under your actual real name you have your stage name your persona but did you have apprehension surrounding creating content and putting it out on social media and being like, yeah, this is what I do? Yeah, absolutely. At the start I did, um, mainly because I didn't really know what I was getting involved in. Like I said, I did six months of research, but you can only research as much as you can before you actually Gotta step learn into learn on the it. job. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's going to happen when you get in there and how it's going to be. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it. I didn't know if I was going to hate it. Um, you know, there is so much that comes with it, the mental health, the body love, like all of this could just unravel jumping in. So I did. I, I went no face for three months, um, not because I was ashamed or I wanted to hide it. I just wanted wanted to ensure that all the research I had done was going to live up to the expectations that it was actually going to be for us um, and if it was then I knew I was going all in like I knew I was jumping all in but there was that initial period where I was like I just need to do my my research and then make sure that it is right for me and the family before you know it is out there forever. You mentioned the family 
Have your kids asked questions about what it is that you do? Like, have you had to have that conversation with them yet? No, they're too young. Uh, I haven't had to have the conversation yet. They know I work online. They know I work on social media and I'm always doing um, TikToks and fun things like that. But um, they're just at an age where they're not really intrigued or asking as of yet. Um, And there will be a time, obviously, when that conversation will come up. Um, And all I can do as a parent is just really try to raise my children as best as I can at my ability to, you know, not judge people for anything, what they do for work, what they look like, um, and just judge people on for who they are and their memories that they've had with them. And we're really big on that in the family. We're really big on on not speaking about people's appearance or what they do or where they, you know, anything. We, we talk about people with the value and the happiness and the memories. Um, so I think it's all in the groundwork at the moment. It's all just really about the foundations that we're building as a family to to prepare and I know my kids really well and you know I know the incredible memories that that we create and we've got so many more to come like the things that we've been able to do in the last two years has been absolutely incredible and I know that they're not going to judge me on what I do for my career because I've you know, as parents, we've been so present together. We have been able to do most the most incredible things with our family. Um, Hank's been able to be at home with the kids when sometimes, you know, dads can't. So yeah, it's just been, it's been a really nice time for our family. It all looks different to how you parent and how you give that freedom or how you spend that time. And, and it's not, you know, our job to judge other people on what that looks like for that family. So I think it's really cool when families do have their own way to be able to spend time with their kids and, and create really cool memories. It doesn't matter how they're doing it, but they're doing it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What about when it comes to other people? So not the people that you have made, but the ones that are still close to you, family members, friends. How did all of that unfold when some of them found out what it is that you and Hank were doing? Yeah, look, that was not as fluffy and nice. Um, I will be completely transparent and say that that was a really difficult uh, period in my life. I lost the majority of my family and friends throughout my career. Um, and it was, it was a really, really hard stage in my life. And I think what made it even more difficult was obviously Hank and I do this business together, but when I was going through my period of my family, just completely like cutting me off was that Hank was getting treated completely different. So, you know, we do this business together. Everything we do is together. Basically, I really can't do what I do without Hank, right? But you get um, to own all of the shame and the stigma because you're uh, the female. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's right. Like, you know, Hanks um, had his friends like patting him on the back going, oh, we've all dreamed to be porn stars and it was a big joke. And and don't get me wrong, like I never took that away from Hank. Like I was so over the moon that he had so much support. Um, it was incredible and I was so happy for him. His family was really great as well. Um, and I was just so happy for him. But it was a really difficult time because at the same time that, you know, we were so happy that, Hank had all this support it was like Hank could be supported but I couldn't and it was like I was the one that was shaming the family and I was the one that was um you know degrading and and putting everyone in danger and and it, it just it went absolutely insane to the point where um people didn't want me around their children like it was just blown out of this world and it's what I've learned from doing what I do is that when it comes to women basically women only when it comes to women and sex and women doing what they want with their body society loses their fucking brains there's such a double standard there and I've heard you speak Mm -hmm. about it on your podcast so I I had an idea that that's how it unfolded for you because you've done an episode with Hank and Mm. I actually found the way that he was so thoughtful as well about it and so aware of what you were going through to just be really beautiful. I was like, that's what you'd want from your husband because he was like, you know what? It was fine for me, but for honey, it was so hard because there was so much, like you said, shame and stigma that was just being poured in your direction only. Why do you think that is? And I know it's such a big question, but why do you think people struggle to allow women to be who they want to be, you know, of course, sexually, but not just sexually. Uh, I wish I knew, honestly. I think it's just, I don't even know if it, it, it has everything to do with sex. I just feel like in society, women are just judged just for being women. You know, we become parents and all of a sudden, you know, when are the women bouncing back? When are they getting a good bod? But then the the dads, oh, he's got a dad bod. Like how hot is he? He's so sexy. He's so beautiful. Look at his dad bod. A dad goes to the shopping center with his newborn. Oh my God, look at that dad. Like he's doing so great. Like what a, what a dad or a dilf. And a mum's going, you know, trying to juggle three kids and there's judgment. So I think it just, it, it starts from just being a woman and growing up and trying to constantly battle those judgments of just never being able to to please anyone and then obviously coming into the industry and you put sex in that well I just think that society thinks that sex isn't for women that sex is literally just for behind closed doors when men want it and you can't have it too much because as soon as you want it too much you're a slut but as soon as you don't have it when the men want it you're frigid and you know then all of a sudden you're not wife material and we get labeled you know we can't win with sex we we get labeled all these things like you don't want to have sex that's fine that's your own decision but then you get labeled as a nun and a frigid and this and that and it's ridiculous you want to have sex you've got a high sex drive and you're like yeah like I want to go have sex then you get labeled all these other things so I honestly just think in general with women and sex you just can't win so you may as well just do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) You are so right. There's so much morality tied up in what it is that we do as women. We're good, we're bad, we're a slut, we're frigid. Like there's just, it's so binary, whereas we Mm. actually all do exist somewhere in the grey, but Uh society doesn't really allow us to do that. 
In mm. terms of something you mentioned just before, you said that people didn't even want you around their kids. Have you had mm. awkward run-ins with other mums at the school gates or anything like that? Um, I haven't. And that's only because I moved away from my hometown. Just when everything kind of went down, it was so uh, toxic and that negative energy. It was just consuming and I knew it was the right decision for our family to move away. So we did move away and we removed ourselves from the situation. So I haven't had any run-ins, um, so to speak, in like shopping centres or anything like that. I've obviously been confronted a lot by um, disgruntled, you know, friends of family or family members online that will, you know, happily shoot me a message and tell me their thoughts. But that's probably the extent that it's gone to. How do you make space for that and just move on? Like, how do you get to a position where you're like, yep, that's what they think, but this is what I think and what I think is more important? Yeah, I think, you know, people are going to judge no matter what you do. Like when I was doing my network marketing business, people were judging me because network marketing is a little bit left of field. You know, it's a pyramid scheme, everyone was saying, you know, there's judgment there. When I was working nine to five, there was judgment there because I wasn't studying straight away after school. Um, You know, when I was a stay at home mom, there was judgment there because I wasn't going straight back to work. And if I did, there would have been judgment there. So I really distanced myself because at the end of the day, people are going to judge you no matter what you do, no matter what you do, someone is going to say something about how you mother, how you work, the career you choose, why you choose it, what you do with your family. They're going to have something to say. So I learned to remove it by just being like, well, if people are going to judge me anyway, I may as well do what I want to do. Like I may as well do what's best for my family, what's best for me, what lights me up, what I love doing, and they can judge anyway. And I also learned along the way is the people that are judging me, it's a blessing in disguise because it's the people that I don't want in my life. It's the energy and the type of people that I don't want in my life or around my children. I don't want my children growing up with this kind of judgment around them. Um, so it, it it is a blessing in disguise because you see the people when you come into the into the industry who step away and judge you and the people that just come in and support you. And then it's really weeding out, you know, the people that you don't need. And and it's harsh. It's a really hard period. I'm not going to say it's easy. Now I'm happier than I could ever be. But, you know, 12 months ago, it was a really hard period because I did feel like, oh, you know, there's no one around. And now I'm like, all I need are these handful of people. And I'm so lit up. Like they support me. They want to be around me. They're cheering me on. I've got my beautiful family. What else do I need in life? So there has been a little bit of time and mindset around all of that and healing. Um, but that's how, yeah, I really move on with my life. I just focus on forward. I focus on those people that, uh, I look up to that are above me, that are working hard, that are working on businesses and and doing all the great things. And I surround myself with those people. And I imagine it gives you some extra resilience as well in terms of the online trolling, because regardless of the industry that you're in, you're always going to get some troll online Mm. who leaves an awful comment. How do you deal with that sort of negativity? Um, I'm a bit cheeky. Like sometimes I'll reply to them just because I know it gets some really good views. Um, so I'm a bit cheeky, but in all honesty, I don't really read them unless I feel like I'm in a good mood and I want to reply to one. Um, and also I just remove the emotion from it because anyone that is happy, like 
full on absorbed in their own life, overflowing buckets, happy and not even successful, just happy with their life. You know, it doesn't matter what they're doing for work or where they are, but just so happy and content and living their authentic life. They're not sitting on TikTok scrolling and commenting negative comments on people's posts that they don't know. And that's the raw truth of it. And it's also, you know, hurt people hurt people. And the people that are commenting these have some deep inner hurt that they need to go off and resolve. So when I see comments like that, I actually have a mindset where I'm like, oh, shit, I feel sorry for them. Like that must be, you know, some trauma or a really sticky situation that you're in or your life mustn't be as good as you want it to be if you feel like you need to say those words to me and you don't even know me. Yes. And to look at a comment and to be able to kind of right size it and go, well, that's just someone who's probably at home, very lonely, very sad, leaving this feedback because they want to take a jab at me, they want to punch up or whatever it is, and actually right-sizing it and going, well, hang on, this isn't someone who is in my inner circle. It's not someone Mm -hmm. who actually knows me or cares for me. So why am I going to let it infiltrate my thoughts for the day? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's really important that when you are on, you know, a transformation and and you are moving in – into all your good energy and you're building business and you're moving forward that why would you want to take advice or listen to people's opinions if they're not where you want to be? Like I am only going to look up at people where I want to be in my future and if those people that are commenting on my posts aren't where I want to be in life, then like what does that mean to me? Absolutely nothing. Like you're back there, mate. Like don't care. If someone is listening right now, honey, and they are interested in dipping their toes into the OnlyFans world, what would be your best piece of advice or where should they start? Oh my gosh, I have so, so much advice um, because I remember going back to when I was researching and there was little information out there, like we touched on before, there was this big gap in the industry where There were people glorifying it with money and then there were people saying, don't do it with regret, but there was no education in the middle. Um, And I just, I dug up that information on my own. I spent the last two years just pulling advice together, buying mini eBooks, doing mini courses, buying courses that had nothing to do with the industry, but implementing it into the industry. Um, I absolutely love it and it lights me up. And then I was like, I need to fill this gap like for women out there there are women out there who are thinking about joining and I don't want them joining in the wrong way and and you know regretting it so let's create something that women have tools and resources to tap into to be educated um and so I created a podcast and it's called honey's making money and it's my little baby at the moment I absolutely just adore it I pour a lot of my time and energy into it just because I remember back when I first started, how confused and overwhelmed I was. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a big intimidating step for your career. Um, and there are a lot of things that you need to take into consideration. And I feel like with the lack of information out there, it can be detrimental. So I've poured all my advice into that podcast, even if OnlyFans is for you. Like my first episode is like, is OnlyFans for you because it's not for everyone. So if you do want to tap into that, go listen to the podcast because yeah, like I said, I just pour my absolute heart into it because it's a big passion of mine. 
And your podcast is also a really great balance of those solo episodes where you are literally holding people's hands through those steps and also mm. conversations with other content creators. Yeah. And I just, I've been listening to it. I've been listening to your podcast as well. And I found it really insightful and just so interesting. So I'll make sure we have our link in the show note to your podcast episode. If it's all good with you, honey, I'd love to keep going and ask you a few more questions for our sealed section episode. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number one, can you share any awkward or embarrassing encounters that you've had? Uh, yes. <laughs> how, how sealed is this? <laughs> we can seal it all the way up, babe, all the way up. <laughs> all right. Love it, love it. So as you can hear, that was not the end of my conversation with Honey Brooks. We get into it for the sealed section episode and Honey does not hold back. We kick off with one of her most embarrassing stories that happened to her during a live, I was going to say filming session, a live broadcast out to her subscribers. We talk about a time when a subscriber started to develop romantic feelings towards her. You know, this subscriber wanted Honey to actually marry him and the feelings that it brought up for her. I ask Honey about how she handles it when she has a custom video that she has to create and her period arrives. I ask her, has it impacted the sex life that she has off screen with her husband as well? We talk about the content that is most requested and a lot more. There's a lot more in this subs episode. So come on over, become a subscriber, listen to the sealed section, and I hope that you found today's episode insightful. Something I really loved about chatting with Honey was there were just so many relatable things. Even though I don't relate to the content she creates in terms of I've never created adult content in that way, and I haven't gone down that path of you know monetizing that area of my life, so much of what Honey shared with me during our chat, I could really, really relate to. And, you know, for whether it was talking about judgment from other people or, you know, how as women we're not meant to really lean into and enjoy our sexual side. I really loved speaking with Honey and I hope you've taken something from this chat. If you're keen to hear more of the spicy details from Honey in our sealed section episode, the link is in the show notes. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 